the name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut First try. Why so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. I'm joined beside me as always, Sage. Hi. And Tate. <laughs> the weird intro already. <laughs> we were a little distracted by Julie. Do the thing. <laughs> Julie, do the thing. There it is. How are we doing tonight? Doing great. Just chatting a yeah. little bit about how cold it is up by you guys. Yeah, it's it's not fun. It We've got like six seven inches of snow here in laramie or oh my word i don't live in laramie anymore (laughs) (laughs) um here in cheyenne it's 19 degrees it was eight degrees last night that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) it says it's 14 here which is crazy i I tried to remake sage's joke in like a terrible way and i don't think he noticed (laughs) my thermostat says it's 10 degrees out so wow great crazy stuff well, that's everybody's favorite conversation is the weather, especially hyper-specific weather where it only impacts a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I took a long nap late in the day, and I'm very groggy and tired. Mm. And you're not I probably going to sleep at all tonight. It was a bad jobby. No, I'm probably still going to sleep. I'm pretty tired. Sleeping's the best. Naps mm. are the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it all. I like it all. I do, I do. Well, I, we, I completely forgot last week to announce my movie so i had to text it to you guys um so we'll just kind of hop into that the my pick is from 1992 glenn gary glenn ross starring al pacino jack lemon alec baldwin alan arkin ed harris kevin spacey and jonathan price directed by james foley and here's the synopsis an examination of the machinations behind the scenes at a real estate office what a funny name that's a wild synopsis it is yeah um it was originally a play um but we can get into some of that stuff what were what were your mm-hmm. guys's reactions when you first saw the pick had you heard of this movie never heard of it and i never heard of it and was very confused by the title yeah very confused by the title um i like read it two times being like what the fuck <laughs> still confused about the title yeah we'll still that. pretty confused yeah um and then i was incredibly intrigued by the cast so mm-hmm. those are my first two thoughts. And then the, I just was pretty thrown off by the synopsis. Like Sage said, when I first read it, I was like, what the fuck is this going to be about? Um, but yeah, no cast, I think was got me really excited. Yeah. I, um, I'd never seen this movie before either. I had heard of it. It is one of my p- favorite political commentator, Michael Knowles's favorite movie of all time. And so it, it's been on the list and it's been on the mind for a long time. Um, I'm also a fan of David Mamet. Um, he's the guy who wrote both the play and the screenplay. And I think, um, man, he definitely, there was something that we did, a movie that we did that he wrote the screenplay for before too, I think. Really? Oh, The Untouchables. He wrote the screenplay for The Untouchables. Huh. The same guy did that wrote this. I guess they're kind of similar in some ways, writing-wise. Yeah, I, I, I could see it. But yeah, 
So, I don't know. Anybody have anything else on pre-thoughts? I was glad it's streaming, and I was going to ask uh, what, how you found it, but I guess you kind of answered that already. So, Yep, uh, streaming on Hulu. Um, I hate Hulu. Hate it. <laughs> it's my least favorite. We don't pay for the ad-free thing. So when, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, you'd watch a movie on Hulu, you'd have to sit through like three minutes of ads before the movie would start. No big deal. Now, they just put ads during the movie. And yeah, it's just it's brutal. Oh, you gotta I pay. almost you gotta rented pay it. for it. <laughs> Say what? You got to just pay for the Hulu. I know. Well, it's it's my mom's account, so I don't pay for it at all. Oh. So, um, wow. yeah. Because we, we have every streaming service, so between my mom, myself, and my brother, we have them all split up. So we're not paying $1,000 a month. <laughs> I actually, there, there was a movie on Hulu that I wanted to watch a couple days ago, and I decided to rent it instead. I, the main reason I decided to rent it is because I got signed out of my Hulu account on my TV, and I was like, eh, let's just rent it. I don't, I don't remember the password right now. And that was Mamma Mia. That was a great movie. Tate, have you seen Mamma Mia? I have not. Do you know about Mamma Mia? I do. Oh, Sage would hate it. Yeah. Yep. I already know I'm never going to see it. Yeah. The music at ABBA. Oh, my God. I just loved it. I watched the sequel yesterday. The sequel stuck. It was very disappointing. But the first one was just so delightful. Mamma Mia. It's a Mia Mario. I've had the Super Trooper song stuck in my head for the past 24 hours. Tonight the Super No, that's a trooper. Oh, super trooper. Super trooper. Na, 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 na. All right, now that we got anything else, we'll get into the survey. We'll see you on the other side. That's a movie I'm excited for. <laughs> Chris Pratt is Mario. Let me have your attention for a moment. Put that coffee down. Let's talk about something important. Because we're adding a little something to this month's sales contest. As you all know, first prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. Anybody want to see second prize? Second prize is a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. Somebody should stand up and strike back. Somebody yeah. should do something to them. The hell exists on this earth? Yes. What can you do? I gotta tell you, I'm ready to do the Dutch. I know what I'll do. I'll go out and rob everybody blind and go to Argentina. You think you're a thief? We're just talking. We are? Yeah, we're just speaking about it. Speaking about it is an idea. We're not actually talking about it. No. It's a robbery. It's a robbery? No. And what is it we're so afraid of? All you need, a little boost. Tonight is the thing. So be it. What happened? 
What happened? Uh, we had a slight burglary. Criminals come and they take, they steal the phones. They stole the phones, they stole the... Oh. You robbed the office. Oh, sure, I robbed the office. Oh, sure. You did that? Will you get out of here? How can you talk to me that way? Are you talking to me? When I talk to the police, I get nervous. You know who doesn't? Oh, uh, thieves. What's your name? Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, from the Pulitzer Prize winner, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. This is how we keep score, the beat. You stupid fucking cunt, Tate. What did you think of this movie? <laughs> the, the language and the writing was awesome. <laughs> so I really like that intro. <laughs> The amount of times they said "fuck you" in this movie, yes, is probably con- up there with most movies or any movie. Al Pacino is becoming one of my favorites. Yeah, I love the way he talks. He's like "fuck you," and he just goes into his whole thing. He's kind of awesome. He's I'm very a- awesome. He's yeah. <laughs> Everyone in this movie is pretty awesome, and this is like this is some of the best monologues I've just ever seen in mm-hmm. a movie. And but Al Pacino's. Fucking great. Fuck <laughs> yeah. you. Who the fuck do you think you are talking what to me f- that way? William said get back in the fucking office. <laughs> do, do I look like a guy that did it? Fuck you. Fuck man. you. <laughs> and all the cops, too. Yeah, They're like, get in <laughs> here. He's like, fuck I'll you. I'm going a while. <laughs> well, this is kind of like the 1990s version of Wolf of Wall Street. It kind of reminded me a little bit in some ways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's Especially you can like, definitely tell that it's a play. Oh, yeah. That it was originally a For play, sure. which I really I liked it about it. Which I, yeah, definitely. Like, even how they shot it, you're like, oh, I could totally see this, like, being a play. When yeah, it was like three rooms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, like, they just kind of, like, go back and forth between, like, the bar, the office, and, like, a car <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, there's really not a lot of... But I think, like, and just the sharp, quick dialogue reminded me a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And yeah, I feel like... Day, your, your initial reaction. Initial reaction was I thought it was pretty pretty good. I think um, I started out like loving it, and then I thought like for a, a little while it was dragging. Um, and then near the end, like which we'll get into when the a couple of like like events or twists kind of happen, it like bring it brought me back. But I think like I initially started out on a really high note of it because I just loved the dialogue of it. Um, I loved all the banter. I loved the um, <laughs> how like stressed and angry they all got. Um, but then like it just seemed to like repeat itself he was just like a, a broken record um throughout the entire movie and nothing was really like progressing the story and um but then yeah as we as i talked about uh, a couple things happened that i liked but yeah i mean initial thoughts were i liked it a lot sage it was kind of annoying but um it was good i'm yeah it i just a lot of yelling drives me crazy and there's a lot of yelling pretty much throughout this movie Mm-hmm. So pro- progressive yelling like that kind of just bothers me personally. So that, that's personal. That's not like a judgment on the movie. Cause I thought the dialogue was good. Um, I did. I do think they had a tendency to drag out some of the monologues a little farther than I would have liked, but for it being an hour and like 35 minute movie lapsed over like debatably 12 hours of time of real mm-hmm. time within like two realistically two settings. I thought thought it was really well done. Yeah. I mean, this movie is my favorite type of movie. So it was right up my alley. Like, because I've been thinking about that question a lot. And I think I've talked about that on this podcast where like, 
I think I've probably said this exact monologue before, but like I love the Star Wars. I love the Marvel. Lord of the Rings is awesome. But get me a bunch of people just talking at each other for the whole movie with like great dialogue and some awesome performances. I'm just like, yes, just feed that to me. Like it, it's, it, it just works my mind in such a fun way where like it. So yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this movie and I, I, I do kind of agree with a couple of Sage's point there about like, there were a couple times, especially like Jack Lemon's uh, Shelley's dial or his monologues seemed to never end a couple Particularly times. Him. Yeah. It was like mostly cuz he like chased somebody around. Like Yeah. And that was so annoying. It was like, "Oh my gosh." But it looked it seemed like a play. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um I think the best thing that this movie does though is absolutely nail how being a salesman is just a fucking beating and it just fucking sucks. Like I never you could. really good money. I mean, it's the highest paid profession on average, if you take out celebrities, like sports and entertainers, like great money, but God, it just is a nonstop grind. Well, and especially for like, I mean, like obviously we weren't salespeople in the nineties, but like, um, I, you could just imagine how, Mm -hmm. uh, shitty, like you'd be treated and like how shitty the job, like just shitty elements of the job, um, for being a salesperson, especially like a real estate or a car salesman type of role. Like, yeah, th- this movie absolutely nailed it on exactly what I would have pictured um, and just how angry everyone gets and how kind of deceptive they all get. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, it looks like the shits. looks like hell on earth, which is kind of a, speaking of a good rant that I loved Al Pacino had at the beginning where he's talking yeah. about all that stuff. But, yeah, that looked like hell on earth. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And, like, it, um, they even nail, like, when Shelley finally closes the deal he thinks he closes Mm -hmm. that feeling that it portrayed with of just like i am back i am so hot like this is this was the best sale that i've ever been on like i was just on a cold streak and like the feeling of like joy and like jubilation that you get from like actually closing a sale it was i think they nailed that well, and so before we even like, let's start with early Shelley. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, cause one of the first things I want to talk about is Alec Baldwin, that everything with the first scene with Alec Baldwin, cause the first like couple scenes before he stepped in, I thought it was just kind of weird. I was like, I don't like, mm-hmm. I know they're setting up kind of like the scene a little bit. Um, but it was all kind of just like, I can't even really remember the dialogue that happened before it. Um, well, other than it, it was weird because sales. Jack Lemon and Ed Harris, like it opened up with Jack Lemon on the phone. That's the guy yeah. who plays Shelley. Um, and you're like, what is happening? Where is he? You thought he was at, I thought he was at a train station, like a subway stop. And then Ed Harris comes in and he's just like talking and talking and talking. He's not even on the phone. And you're like, who is this guy talking to? And it's not until like, they like walk out and they're like, oh, he's been talking to the, to Jack Lemon this whole time. What in the world? And then finally, when they get in the office, you're like, okay, now I kind of understand where this movie may be going. Yeah, well, and it was just so, yeah, it was it was kind of a weird little first five, ten minutes. Uh, but then the story kind of like starts to take off when Alec Baldwin gives his awesome, awesome fucking rant. But <laughs> he is such an asshole. And it's, but he does such a good job. Um, mm-hmm. And like, so like when this starts to take off, I think it really starts to um, show like the personalities of everybody, which is what I really liked about Shelly is like, 
in the first kind of little bit of the movie, he seemed to be the only one that was like had good morals and like actually just like tried really hard. Um, like, cause right off the bat, the other two, you don't even know who the fourth one is. I, I wasn't even sure if it was Al Pacino. Like, I mean, I thought it was Al Pacino, but I wasn't sure of it because they never. I cheated it. and I had IMDb up the whole time. Okay, because I thought it could have been him, and I thought it could have been the other guy at the bar. Um, um before, I actually thought do you know who flipped. the other guy at the bar is? Yeah, yeah, he looks super familiar. I don't know his name. Game of Thrones master, Meister, oh, whatever. Meister. Or, no, no yeah. not Meister. The the Sparrow. Sparrow. The Sparrow. Yeah, Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Freaky yeah. how tall he is in this movie. He was also Elizabeth Swan's dad in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got one of those faces. Yeah. <laughs> I just recognize right away. Um, so yeah, I wasn't sure if he was going to be the fourth one or if it was going to be Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Cause initially actually when they go back to Al Pacino after the rant, he like seemed so well dressed compared to the rest of them that I thought that it wasn't him. I thought he was just going to be like a side mentor character. Um, and that the other guy, Jack or whatever was the fourth, but anywho, um, like the, the three that you first really know about, one of them seems like he has good morals, which is the guy Shelly or whatever. Um, who just like wants to try really hard and work really hard. And he's like desperate to like push through the ranks and like the, and he like kind of starts to like breach like morals a little bit with like um, Kevin Spacey. But the other two immediately just start to go and how we're going to break into this office and steal it and sell it. (laughs) (laughs) So like clearly there was like two types of people on like, how are they reacting to this? And I liked that um, right off the bat. And I kind of liked how this, this pressure of sell these top salesmen bottom gets fired how it just changes people in that pressure situation. So that was really cool to start. Sage. First impressions. Oh, we already did those. Just, Oh, that's right. Sorry. I got distracted with this growl. You're fine. Just whatever you wanted to bring up. Or like anything around that time frame. Uh, From the beginning of the movie. (laughs) Wow. I got totally distracted. (laughs) Yeah. I think I missed like half, if not all of what you said. (laughs) Just talking about, how Alec Baldwin's introduction oh, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. story shaped the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck, I feel like uh, I went on a five-minute monologue that he just missed. Yeah, wow. That's probably <laughs> where my... Totally lost, Sage. You could totally imagine that that's how I was a third of this movie, just eyes glazed over. Like, His lights on, but nobody's home. The much. teacher just called on Sage, and he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that happened a lot. <laughs> That. He's like, yeah, that you was know, not first. Um, my first impressions were, and everybody's like, what an idiot. <laughs> and the teacher has to give that. <sighs> Sage. Sage, make sure you pay attention next time. That was Fuck. awesome. <laughs> oh, shit. What, what did, did not be a good salesman? Um, he's a fucking dick. Uh, but I mean, probably only maybe this is a start to another conversation, but probably the only good people meaning characters like in the movie were and why I emphasize characters in the movie was (laughs) Kevin Spacey and Al Pacino. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, they seem like the only two. Well, no, the other, the other old guy seemed like a, decent person too yeah because i mean he didn't do it and well, he, yeah he yeah, didn't I've do it so many questions about that so oh, we'll get to okay. that later so uh, i can that guy is the dad from pig's dad what the dickhead from pig who he cooked for at the end yeah his dad oh. played that guy that's alan arkin oh <laughs> alan arkin's son played yes, yes. i see what you're saying yes. Yes. i was so confused yeah. 
Okay, That's yeah, right. you did say that um, last time. Yeah, but like it, it was the uh, Alec Baldwin was just obviously like the first asshole. He was so mean. I thought he was going to shoot them. I I thought uh, Ed Harris was going <laughs> to shoot him. I was like, these two are. I mean, he Sage was also didn't big. grab that one. Sage did not pick that one up. Remember when Alec Baldwin shot and killed his director? Wow. Rust? Totally forgot about that. Isn't he like? Didn't he like drunk drive and kill someone or something? Or is that? No, I don't know. But he. I don't know about that one. Shot his, but like last he in year. No, no. I don't know how he got away with that, like shooting somebody thing. I didn't really keep up on that, especially as a producer on them. Yeah, he's got a podcast. It's crazy. Anyways, oh no, it is. It is in regard. Oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just that, but I'm pretty sure he. Anyways, anywho, he's a dick, and that whole rant just made me like. I'm very easily made uncomfortable, and there's many ways easy to make me uncomfortable. Office humor, like cringe humor, super (laughs) uncomfortable. Angry rants like that, super uncomfortable. Horror movies, guaranteed uncomfortable. That's just like the scratching the surface. But like those ones where like someone's just digging into someone, I'm like, ugh. Like I get, I get uh, maybe like interpersonal where I like put myself in their shoes and I'm like, wow, that would fucking suck to have someone dig into you like that. Well, so and it was the most it was, like it was hard to watch. It was the most like classic like uh, put downs mm-hmm. that any boss from like the 80s or 90s you'd kind of expect to hear where it's like he dropped an f-bomb or he was like my or he's like what did you drive to work i drove this to work like that kind of thing or he's like this watch is more more than your whole car like all those like classic lines were just like i don't know it but he did it it was still done really well like i thought Mm -hmm. that some of those lines were a little on the cheesier side that's my name but like he he did it really well he delivered it really well and he was such a asshole Oh, he was such an asshole. At one point, he, you fucking maggots. He didn't say maggots, though. I really hate it. That rhymes with it. (laughs) I really hate all of these people. But, I mean, I think I do. I think they're all kind of assholes. Even Al Pacino. They're just all angry and yelling, which drives me crazy. So, yes, I did not like pretty much all. Al Pacino was probably the only one I liked. Well, so then let's get into, like, before we meet Al Pacino, we meet Shelly and the other two that start plotting and scheming. What were your thoughts on all them, those three? I, I thought, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely wrote down. I'm like, damn, Dave is really fucking over George here. Like, I'm like, Dave's just being a bully. Dave George was, is like old and what? Dave was the elf dad. <laughs> no, Harris. that's Ed that Harris. wasn't Ed Harris an elf. No, it wasn't. That was <laughs> Ed <laughs> oh Harris was like Westworld. Westworld. That's the man. That, okay. That's James Con an elf. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be a. Uh, what's their names? No. Yep. No, James Conn no. and Ed Harris are not similar. James no. Conn is also the older brother and godfather. They are so similar looking. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. You're thinking of Kurt Russell and... Um, Jeff Bridges, but they Jeff don't Bridges. even look, That's they right, don't look yeah. the same. They look kind of similar. They're both they, old uh, and white-haired. So and like, white. <laughs> should we mention they're white? They're white. Oh, okay. White. <laughs> They're pretty clarify. similar looking. White. Ed Harris and James Conn. James Conn's dead. Oh, um, he did. They're really not that similar. <laughs> Maybe it's just because they're old white people <laughs> with old white guys. Hair. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's the only similarity. No, right. yeah, they're, continue, they're not that continue. similar. Continue. I won't make that. <laughs> yeah. Don't make that a thing. Is Dave Ed Harris? 
Um, yes, Dave I, is Ed Harris. Okay, I, I still don't know the other one's name. George Not, and George? Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin's character. Yes. That's what's his name? George. That's George. Okay. All right. George, Dave, Shelley, uh, Pacino's Ricky Roma. Roma. Ricky Roma. Yeah. Okay. And continue. Williamson. Okay. So I, I had a note down. I'm like, damn, Dave is really just like bullying George and he's just going to fuck him over here. Cause like George just kind of seemed like he was an old dude that was just kind of out of it and kind of losing his mind and not in like a crazy losing mind way, but like just getting super forgetful and like, and like it, it he brought it up. He's like, I just can't close anymore. I just have forgotten how. So it was, it was almost like a writer's block for sales where he's just like, I just, I have not, he's just also been very cold and I, I can relate to that. I am very cold in my betting, you know, it's not that dissimilar. There's a very good quote from Al Pacino that I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to adopt this for my betting. I subscribe to the law of contrary to public opinion. If everybody believes one way, bet the opposite. Yes, I'm I, like, yep. That was such yep, a good line. Love it. I'm that just was a good line. Going against the public money from now on. Yep. But yeah, he was. So he was. George was like the other one where I, right off the bat, I was like, Shelley seems like a good guy. That's just desperate as hell. Um, but he's at least trying it. Like he, he was the only one that like immediately hit the phones and started calling people, even though they're all dead sales, dead leads. Um, mm-hmm. And he was at least putting in effort. And like, oh man, I felt bad for him when he went over to like that guy's house. Hey, I felt bad for him, but I felt I was like, fuck that. If I was ever that guy at home that's your salesman just knocks just on your comes door and, and sits on your couch. sits on your couch i'd be like no this is not happening i can't imagine how like oh, that was aggressive salespeople were back in those days yeah and they kept saying like you're going out tonight you're going out tonight and i was like these guys just drinking i think they were implying like going out for sales yeah all yes. night yeah i'm like yes who is knocking on doors just through the night to sell land in other states? Like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, that probably happened, but it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. But that's the way it used to be. So crazy. But so I thought, like, Shelly was a good, hardworking guy that was getting desperate. I thought George was a good guy that was getting... Uh, Manipulated. Yeah, has the devil on his shoulder kind of thing. Um, and doesn't know what to do, can't make a decision for himself. Um, and then Dave was clearly like a terrible person, um, and, uh, in his like plan of what he was going to do and also just screwing over the guy he was going to do it with. (laughs) Um, and then, and then you meet out. And so a lot of those stay consistent. I think the only one that breaks is Shelly. I think I, he's the one that like later you find out, uh, was more than just a deceptive, um, like did not see coming. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. That was great. But, um, Al Pacino is the one that you meet later. And at first I was just like, Oh, he's a really fucking good salesman. And I thought that that he was just, I, so was it, was it implied that he was in on the Glen Gary before that pitch? That because he's the best salesman. I saw with the whole thing. Cause no, I, he, he has, I took it as those Glen Gary leads are like the top of the top. They're like the 99% like best. And then he was in on like because he was already doing so good. Mm-hmm. He had like the top nine, like the, he was in on the ninety percent already. I think they and were then basically everybody saying everybody else was at like the sixty fifty range. I think uh, Kevin Spacey and whatever the higher ups basically decided he's our best salesman. Go ahead and give him the Glenn Garys. He doesn't need to attend this whole thing. Um, and we're basically going to motivate these other three, and the bottom one of those three is getting fired. So I think that that was implied that like. 
he they never said it, but I think it was when he's already at the bar selling Glengarry while they're just finding out about it. Was he selling Glengarry? He is not selling. That's Glengarry. what he. Yeah, that's he what was, he sold. Wasn't he him. selling Glen Ross? Yeah, he was selling Glen Ross. Yes, the Florida properties. Yes, and oh. so that's what the difference is. He yeah, was in on the Glen Rosses. The Glen Garys are the best. That answers my question for the Glen Ross title. is the second best. Yeah. Okay. Um. Huh. Okay. But so, that was a that was a plot hole. So now for that's me a plot the movie hole. Was when Al Pacino was like, "Yeah, the Glen Gary leads," and he was like acting as if he was there for the meeting, mm. or yeah. at least acting as if he was in the office at all the day before. But literally, he just came in the next morning and was like, "Yeah, the Glen." But so like you could presume that Williamson talked to him, but Williamson was obviously very preoccupied with the burglary. So there wasn't really any opportunity where Al Pacino's character could have learned about basically well, what happened the day night before. Unless um, Ed Harris and Alan Arkin were back at the bar afterwards. We're back at that Chinese restaurant afterwards. Which clearly there was a lot of other conversation that we didn't see because that leads to the plot twist. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that might be a little bit of a... The only caveat with that is that Ed Harris and Alan Arkin were in the corner, like, talking about robbing. Oh, sure. I, 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 I just Al Pacino mean... Al was talking, trying, trying to sell. So yes. that there's... It's not... Yeah. It's, I, I, I'm just saying that there's room there for that conversation yeah. to be had before or after we see that scene. Okay. So, it, well, I mean, it at least fixes that for me, because I thought like he had to take Glenn... the piss together. I thought he had the Glenn Gary properties already. Mm. And so I was like, oh, they just trust him because he's the best salesman. Um, but Al Pacino is the one that I think, so like I like either characters either grew on me or didn't a little bit. I think at the end of the day, I didn't like any of them that much as a person. Um, but Al Pacino is the one that like I hated more and more as the movie went on. Um, I liked him a lot in the bar. And that's because I knew, it's before I knew he was a salesman. <laughs> and then once you find out he's a salesman, I was like, ah, fuck this guy. And then everything with the next scenes with the High Sparrow, I was like, he is the worst. Oh, my gosh. That was so irritating to watch. But, um, yeah, that was my vibe on all the characters is that I there's a couple that I liked as the movie went on, a couple that I didn't like as the movie went on, and Shelly and Al Pacino were ones that I didn't like as the movie went on. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey's one that I... the worst? He was definitely the best. He was the best salesman. He was salesman. the best at his job. I, he was, like, kind of the... I mean, oh, so, just as a person, not on his like. I think his acting was oh. incredible, but I'm just saying, like, as his like as a person, Shelley ended up being terrible because he yeah for sure the worst yeah he ended up being terrible. Um, Dave was <laughs> started out pretty terrible and ended pretty terrible, so there's no change there. Um, George, I started out like unsure about, and I actually liked him in the end. Um, I liked him more. And Kevin Spacey was the other one that I didn't like in the beginning, and I ended up liking Kevin Spacey by the end. But what what was wrong with Al Pacino's character? Just how douchey of a salesman he was to the guy. Like, when he saw him coming in and just immediately, like, saw the guy that he just sold last night and immediately started lying in front of his face um, about everything. And then it was really when he just said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in L.A. tomorrow, and I'm busy this weekend. How about Monday? And you don't know why he's saying Monday, but then you find out it's because there's this three-day window and once that three-day window passes, it's closed. And he knows that the deal's already been sent. He's like, I no, don't know if the... Wrong. The yeah. deal hadn't been sent. It had. And he knew it. It had not. Because later, oh, right, right, it right, goes right. back to Kevin Spacey. And he's like, yeah, I sent but that. But he thinks uh, it was. But he thought it was. Kevin Spacey no. lied to Al Pacino. Yes. At the, yes. No. As well. Yes. No, no, no. Because Al Pacino was 
disappointed when Kevin Spacey said that because Kevin Spacey wasn't involved in the conversation the whole time. And then the guy was like, it's already checked or cashed. Oh, God. And he walks out and Kevin Spacey kind of looks out. Pacino. Al Pacino's like, dude, like, no, I know it hasn't been sent. That wasn't the problem. No. The, <laughs> do you want to go or me? <laughs> I can go. go. The problem was when he first that morning, Al Pacino's freaking out about if that was stolen in the robbery. And um, Kevin Spacey said, no, trust me, it was not. So he lied to him there because it was stolen in the robbery. And then. But it wasn't um, sent. He told he it, told Al Pacino that it got sent. He's like, yeah, that got yes. sent and cashed. The contract I was sent all it good. last night. So he lied to him because he was going to cover his tracks later. Yeah. And, so and then, then yeah. J- just like Al Pacino is doing to Jonathan Price. And then when um, he sticks his head in. He says the wrong thing. He says the opposite of what the guy wants to hear because he didn't know the play. Yeah. And he was just trying to make a guess and he was trying to be helpful, but he was being an idiot because he didn't know what the play they were doing. They didn't know, he didn't know what play they were running. So they were they were running a pass. We're by, all on the same page on everything. And but Jonathan the point Price that we're was blocking 10 yards downfield. We all agree about that. The point that we're disagreeing on is I'm pretty sure, Kevin's when they were arguing about whether the contract was stolen or not, I'm pretty sure that because Kevin Spacey said he didn't get it sent out the night before, but he was promising that it wasn't stolen. So I don't think that it was cashed and sent the night before. I think it was still sitting in the office. No, he said he it's was already trying to, down. No, I, I think I think it was, okay. he said the contract right. is already sealed and written down, but it wasn't cashed and sent. Gotcha. So gotcha. technically, yes. they were both on the same page that it wasn't cashed and sent. I think Kevin Spacey just thought that the problem was the 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 circumstances were totally different when High Sparrow was leaving, and so he like lied to try and like make him feel more comforted, which ended up obviously being the wrong move because that was not what he wanted, which yes. leads to Al Pacino was not lying. He was actually, he was just trying to wait to uh. the last second before the three day window closed so that he could try and convince him to like, let it yes. stay. But he wasn't lying to him to try and have the three day window expire before they met. I, so mm. I, I assume we all just watched mm. this tonight. Yeah. I watched it last night. So I just finished it. I and just I'm like 99% sure that Kevin Spacey tells him the contract was not stolen and it was sent this morning. But this morning was not last night. No. And, but, but to Al Pacino, contract being sent means contract is sealed and deal. But that was like Wednesday morning. They talked about this. That was Wednesday morning. So Thursday, or Thursday Friday, Monday was three business days. So if yes. it was sent in the morning, then when he was saying, I'll meet you Monday because I'll See, be busy until Monday, was, that would be the third day. But, so he wasn't lying. No, I, I will. And he was still being insanely deceptive regardless. For um, sure. He's a salesman to the, the entire 90s. guy. But like, I, I still believe that he is in the belief. I, I still think like, and I just finished it, that he thinks whether it was morning or night, I think that um, Kevin Spacey tells him the contract was sent and he believes that it was sent and he's trying to lie to him to have it be fulfilled before they talk Monday. No. Yeah, and that's where I think just, I would just need to rewatch I would need to rewatch that scene because I'm pretty sure Kevin Spacey lies to him and it starts that chain of lies. No. Kevin Spacey told him that he didn't send it out the night before but he sent it out or that he was going to send it out this morning and okay. he was promising well, We're not making any stolen. progress on this because we just disagree and I just need to rewatch it. Yes. But, but I anywho. think but the problem is that that's kind of like a source of it seems like a source of not liking Al Pacino's character, which is one of the reasons why I liked him the most. 
was like, yeah, he was deceptive just like all the other guys, but he at least stuck within, like, he didn't cross the line. Like, he wasn't a mega manipulative fuck like Shelly. He was literally trying to leave and flee him with a fake client so he didn't have to talk to him, or so he didn't have to cancel the contract. Yes, but (laughs) Shelly was like, fake as hell. Like, at least Al Pacino Yeah, they're both fake in that situation. Yes, but I... See, and I, I will push back on the whole him trying to leave him thing necessarily being a bad thing. It's it's almost like a Schrodinger's cat type of thing where he's like, if if I just pretend I don't see him and he doesn't react to it, like that he never wanted to cancel a sale. But the real thing, I, what, where I think Pacino's motivations came from is the whole, um, what do you call it when you buy something and then you regret it? Buyer's remorse. Yeah, buyer's he's remorse. like, well, this guy's just going through buyer's remorse like, I just, as long as I don't talk to him like today, he will be fine moving forward. Is that what is how I saw? Oh, that. yeah. I, I saw him seeing the buyer as totally wants out, definitely wants out, doesn't even want to like be convinced about it. And so he's just avoiding all contact. So it locks in. And that's the way I saw Pacino. And I was like, he's a coward. But it wasn't that way. It was that I, way. I also <laughs> don't think it was that way either way. Whether he, he was knew lying the about being out of not, town or, and not talking to him in the spot. The only reason he ends up talking to him in the spot is because. Well, they're all at the start of every single phone call. They're lying about being out of town or how long they're in town for. Yeah. <laughs> they all live in New York and their first words are, I'm in town until I'm taking a flight at midnight. Yeah. So they're all just constantly lying to their people. And But he was about to. Anywho, we, we don't have to rehash it. But yeah, I, I just saw Al Pacino very differently and I. Didn't like him really at all. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't dislike any of our four main salesmen because of their tactics. I, I more so sympathize with them because like high pressure sales, like when you have to do high pressure sales, that sucks. It's not fun. Sales just is terrible. It's, it's why I, it's, it's why I'm not a good salesman. Cause like, I'll like be pitching somebody something. I'm like, look, this is not pressure like if you don't want to buy it i will just walk out like i i it's i'm not going to force you into something that you don't want yeah and that's what like these guys are tricking them into doing and like it the other thing that mamet nails with his script here is that all of the sales terms and tricks and everything like that that they use were like oh hey like my boss told me like I have this rebate or I have, he was going to give me this prize, but I said, no, I want to give it to you as a rebate on this land. Yeah. (laughs) Where I'm going to take $280,000 off of it. That way you're only spending 570. And like, those are like absolutely like real, like that was probably a lie, but like other stuff where you're like, well, so if you buy this and this and this, you're actually going to save because you're going to actually save five or you're going to save like 25% when in real life, you're probably like only saving $5. It's, it's almost the same thing as like the black Friday sales or like cyber Monday things like slowly throughout the year, like leading up to black Friday, everybody like ups their prices and then they're like, look at this 20% off. And it's just the original price that you had in July. Yeah. Well, and like it was, it's this movie that makes, makes me, made me think about, um, cause like you, you always talk about like, how much you hate salespeople and like um, a sales job. And then like when you talk to somebody else, like, I mean, when, or when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, you're like, well, everything you ever do is sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's just whether you know it or not. Like there's certain times where I'm talking about a good movie and I'm just talk somebody up, one of my friends about a good movie that I saw. And I, it's not that I'm 
I have any skin in the game or anything, but I'm just talking up and like that right there is like, is similar to sales where you're trying to sell them on seeing the movie by telling them how good it was. And it's like, you only, you don't really realize it, but there's like, it, when it is something you enjoy, you don't find it as sales, but when it is something that you like, <laughs> when it's just a job that you have and you're just trying to make your money, you can get so shitty and scammy with your like the way you word it and um, your discounts that your boss has given you to be able to promote it to this and just say, Oh yeah. Well, oh, if you, if you buy this deal, it, it's gone tomorrow. Uh, like all that kind of mm-hmm. shit. Um, oh yeah. And like when I was selling Cutco, like that was like the thing we were told to do was, Hey, like at the end of the sale, no matter what, give me a call, especially on like your first few, like yours, they say, give me a call and I will tell you, like, tell me what they want and I'll calculate it out and I'll say, and then they'll tell that like when they're on the phone, they'll say, okay, go back to them and tell them this. And what you tell them is, Hey, okay. So I just got off the phone with my boss and he told me he doesn't really give this type of discount very often, but it's my first sale, first couple of sales calls that I'm doing. So he's, it's kind of a new, new, new beginner special type of deal here. He's going to actually take 20% off of that. So instead of the thousand dollars you're going to be spending, you're going to be spending eight fifty. Now, how does that sound? Mrs. Jones? Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of like when I in college was going to do like the energy drink pyramid scheme mm-hmm. and I, I fell bait to it and I like started doing it. And the more that I talked to the sales coach person above me, I was like, this is the shittiest thing I've ever done in my life. And I hate it. And it was terrible. Yeah. Like I, I really did enjoy Cutco and I like, if you're going to be in sales, you have to believe in the product that you're selling yeah. or you kind of are throwing your morals out. Like I, I really do think like the Cutco knives are a fantastic product. Like I think there's not many knives that are better than what you're getting, especially for a family. Like we're not talking about like kitchen knives, but like this will last you. I, I still got mine and they're going to last me another 20 years before they even get sharpened. Look at you. You're still trying to sell us. Oh, on it. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they say when you get hired, you are never not a Cutco salesperson. You can always come back. Oh, wow. <laughs> so would you guys like the homemaker set? I'll pass. No, I know it, <laughs> when I was first selling it, it was only six ninety five. Inflation's brought that number up a little bit, but what I right now it's retailing at twelve ninety five. What I can do for you is I can actually sell it to you for ten ninety five. How does that sound? That's a right? hell of a deal. No. Let me talk to my wife. <laughs> um but this yeah, this job or this uh, movie does a really good job of uh, portraying all the shitty, scammy, um, and just kind of persistent attitudes of salespeople that really drive me crazy. Um, and that's just, I guess, a nod to how good of a job they all did in the movie. But man, everything like anything that's like pushed salesy towards me is an immediate turnoff on it. Like now, even and it's so funny, like different avenues of selling and advertising. It's like now you think about Instagram or social media. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious what is, well, and I think now they even like have to say like whether it's paid advertising or not. Mm-hmm. And it's just like immediately once I find out that it's like a paid ad, disregard it completely. I'm like, that's fucking mm-hmm. dumb. I'm not going to pay attention to that. Um, but it was, it started like Instagram started out as like something that you'd be like, Ooh, that's a cool product. Ooh, that's kind of cool that they're like what they, ha- what they have in their video. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once companies got a hold of that and started like people started selling themselves and their videos and their content just to do that. I'm like, Fuck you. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, it is crazy, like, um, even if you look at it, like, Instagram influencers who are trying to sell stuff on Instagram, or podcasts who are, podcasters who are, like, reading ads and have ad deals through that and are trying to sell stuff that way. Those are, 
like I personally respond much better to a podcast ad than I do an Instagram ad. Like when I've got a guy in my voice that I listen to at least like four hours a week, like being like, Hey, Coors Light, like it's my favorite beer. I love Coors Light. It's so cool that the Coors Light cans, the mountains turn blue on it. That is so awesome. Don't you think you should drink Coors Light too? (laughs) Like it's the official beer of pardon my take. You should drink Coors Light. And you're like, at the liquor store, and you're like, well, I could get a Coors Light. Or you'd be like, hey, Barcelona, Chicago. We love Miller Light. It's the Chicago beer. You're like, ooh, I think I want a Chicago beer. I want a Miller Light. It's, it's, it is just crazy how I'm very susceptible to podcast advertising. Like, I will buy it. If it's red and blue, you know I'm drinking it. Like <laughs> I, I, I'll take any advertising that's not paid for. Once I, once I find out that they're getting paid for it, I'm kind of like, oh, that just makes it loses but, it a little for me. How are they supposed to make money if they're not getting paid for it? No, and that's fine. Like they can make their money and advertise it because I know that it's still good to like get the name out there. And like that's and see, most I, of what advertising is, is just keeping the name remember like to keeping the name in the back of your head that they're mm-hmm. still relevant. Um but like when somebody's on a mic and like they're talking about how cool a product is, and then I'm like, Oh, that does sound like a cool product. Like if they're just talking about how cool it is, like we're talking about how good a movie is and people decide to go see a movie just because we think it was cool, that's awesome. But if like if we for some reason start getting paid by movies to like upsell a movie, I would sell my that's like selling my soul, and I would never yeah, I mean I'm fine like about people that make money that way, but it just doesn't work for me as like a customer of that avenue of sales and advertising. And so like uh, maybe I should clarify I, I'm not saying that I'm really like okay you're right this is the greatest ball trimmer ever invented I'm like. I'm going to buy this. I need a ball trimmer. I'm going to buy this one because I would like to support this podcast. Yeah. Is the reason why I actually like yeah. buy that and stuff. I'm like, yeah. Do we just spend if, like 15 minutes not talking about this movie? Definitely. But I think it was <laughs> I mean, interesting it was conversations. About, I mean, yeah. advertising is fascinating. My eyes glazed over again. I think I'm <laughs> immune to advertising. I actually do. There are times when I'm driving and I'm listening to the radio <clears throat> and I'll realize that I've just been listening to advertisements for like five minutes. And I'll be like, whoa. <laughs> it's very easy well, to zone out while you're Someone just got to, paid and they definitely did. It's because you're listening to iHeartRadio and not nice local companies like Appaloosa Broadcasting where well, our commercials aren't My nice than local four one minutes. was bought by iHeartRadio, so I don't really have a choice on that one. They okay. Buy lots of stuff. Back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I think, oh, this is one thing that I want to make a note of before we. I thought that the. Uh, Glenn Gary leads these awesome leads was literally just going to be a motivational thing and not real for sure. I thought it was too. I definitely thought it was. And until I saw Al Pacino have the flyer out, which I thought was the Glenn Gary's um, until, but up until then I thought that they're just fake motivational. So mm. I, when they got stolen, I think it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. So let's, let's get to like the break in um, when they all come in for the break in like they were doing all their like cop intervention or like a uh, what interventions, interrogations the i like actually the fact that we don't see any of them and we see everything outside of the office which is just them continuing to do their job and yell at each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah that was i was hoping that we would get to see al pacino's interrogation i really wanted to see that the one that i wanted to see was dave's because i had a feeling i was like i know he did it so that's the one that i wanted to see but so i will say i definitely thought shelly did it like, and spoilers, he did. 
but or like when he came in all hot and he was all hot and bothered and he had cat, I was like, he fucking did it. I was like, no, or because originally like you're pretty convinced that George did it. Yeah. But when he came in so hot and he was all on a high, I was like, oh, he totally fucking did. There's oh, wow. no yeah. way Shelly didn't do it. And then the whole breakdown happened. And I was like, yep, knew it. I knew it. I knew that motherfucker did it. The only reason I was a little bit tipped off was when um, Shelly said he made the sale this morning. And Al Pacino was like, this morning? I was like, why was he alerted by that? And like, so that just like got my head going. I'm like, is he a suspect? No, when he was, I was like, oh, holy shit. It still shocked me, but it, I was like, huh. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The the twist got me. I totally, maybe I just oh, wanted it, to believe it, that it he like, was the one good soul out of all of them that just worked hard and grinded and like, and finally got his like break. Um, and I, so that's what I wanted to believe, I think. And so it, I, I did believe it. Um, yeah, maybe because I was rooting for him for so long. So then the, the twist hit me even harder where I was like, oh, fuck, Shelly. I was believing oh, in you, man. Very tough. I think the stuff that made me think it was him was one, how desperate he was, which were good read. Like, I don't think he was necessarily a bad person for being like so manipulative and sketchy to get money to pay for his daughter daughter's illness. Like, he was just that's understandable. Guy. Like that. I mean, a lot of people will do whatever they can to pay for that kind of stuff. But in the whole interaction between him and Williamson in the rain. And then him and that uh, potent, that potential lead, I was like, oh, this guy's fucking derailed. Like, he's not only desperate, he's, like, doing anything he can. So that was, like, the other kind of fuel for I was like, oh, Shelly totally did it. But when when uh, when he, when you thought that he did it, when he was, came in and he's like, I got this deal this morning, I'm up on my high horse, um, and you and it tipped you off to, like, he, you know that he did it, did you still think Dave did it with him, or did you think he did it himself? I thought he did it separate. I thought I thought he, he did it himself when yeah, they initially because when originally yes. I thought uh, Dave and George were originally going to do it, and then they backed out, and then they were nervous because yeah. it actually happened, but they didn't do it. Like I thought Dave's whole the way Dave was acting was I was like, oh man, like he's acting weird. George is acting really weird. Maybe they didn't do it, and then Shelly came in all hot. I was like, oh, Shelly totally did it on his own regard. But then when he said Dave brought him and I was like, oh, okay, that kind of, that makes sense. So that's the part that I, I think I don't like about the twist is that I think I would have rather them just had it. Shelly did it himself. And like that, Dave, and Dave and George were so thrown off and surprised <laughs> that they were like, cause that would have really, I mean, yeah, I think that would have been a better twist. I don't really like that. He just dropped George and went to uh, Shelly instead. <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's what my one criticism is when we found out that Shelly did it, I thought he did it him, himself. And then when you find out that, and I was like, holy shit, this is insane. And then when you find out that he did it with Dave, I was like, oh, but why do you got to add that? Like, you yeah, can just it leave did it undermine him. it for sure. Yeah. But it made you feel better about George. Like, uh, my, my heart, which was also still kind of made me confused about George. Like, well, I think because he knew he didn't do it, and then it happened, so he got like, maybe I'm going to get pinned for it. Maybe I'm going to get. So framed. I think that's why he was so nervous. Like, is Ed Harris in there turning him in right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Even though he didn't do it, yeah. Okay, so that mm-hmm. makes more sense for him because I was just like, why is he acting so weird if he like actually didn't do it? But I guess it all just like a yeah. And it it is an interesting moment now looking back on it because Al Pacino tells him just stick with the truth, man. It's the easiest thing to remember. And, you're, and like I remember in my head being like, ah, oh, shit, he's fucked. Yeah, like he's, he, all he's gonna remember <laughs> is tell the truth, and he's I gonna did. accidentally <laughs> blurt it out. Yeah, yeah. 
He's like, yeah, we were talking about doing this. <laughs> Fuck. They did do a good job of kind of masking George a little bit when they were talking. He's like, what were you doing last night? He's like, uh, I was home. He was like, Who, me? yeah, I was home too. Yeah, me. Yeah, see, we're fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, is George actually yeah. home? Though? Like, that, that was a good. He looked sketchy. That was a good. Uh, mm-hmm. Misdirect. Yeah, misdirect by the writers slash actors. Mm-hmm. Well, so then um, getting to, because we already talked about the part with, with the the guy coming in that wants his money back. Um, so then the next twist, I guess, that you could say, which wasn't really a twist, but it was just a, it was a good misdirect and like lack of information was when Kevin Spacey told him that his sale was a fraud. Um, that, I was like, damn. That I went from, went from liking Shelly to disliking Shelly to just straight up feeling bad for him. I was like, oh yeah. For sure. Damn. Like, I Especially mean, like, because he, he, the whole movie he was playing, like it just kept being brought up like how he's old and like how he used to be so good at this. And mm-hmm. like, he's, he comes in, he's like, I knew it. The old way is the right way. And yeah. then he, and he was up on cloud nine. Right before that. Right out from underneath them. Yeah. Oh, and Kevin Spacey was just like, and he knew it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And when Kevin Spacey was just like, Al Pacino kind of knew it too. You can kind of see it in Al Pacino's. But I don't think Al Pacino ever heard who he's... Oh, he definitely did. They talked yeah. about who he sold it to. Yeah. I think he was just, like, trying to uplift China. him and, like, listen yeah. to Yeah, the you're story. the machine. Yeah. Which like, also helps make Al Pacino the best character. He was very... He was a nice friend to his co-workers. But he was a oh, yeah. he, shitty like, even person to, to his customers. To George, he was nice, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't be nice to Dave Moss, either. Um, no. That, that was a good yelling back and forth that was a good fuck you from ed harris yeah <laughs> fuck you yeah he really got up there <laughs> but yeah i think that was the last thing that i wanted to talk about which it, is i just felt bad for shelly like that really just hit where i was like damn that just sucks and then he like just basically goes into his sentence and just like is devastated but and all he, because of his own doing but what what did he want to tell Al Pacino? That's what I went in. was dying to hear. And I'm so sad that we didn't. Sage, any idea? What do you want to tell Al Pacino? Oh. When he was when like he was kind like of getting called. Yeah, he's yeah, like, just, yeah. one, just one thing. And Al Pacino's on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that that's a good question. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really think about it. I figured he was just going to say I did it, but maybe it could have been something else. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was going to yeah. be something motivational like... uh Something about the sale that he was just about to make or close or something. Keep your head up, kid. Something that was kind of like not related to the mm-hmm. anything. It was just like bigger picture of their, their of their world of being in sales. Like, yeah, yeah. like you're good. You're mm-hmm. you're you're one of the good ones. You're better than I ever was. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was. I mean, I'm glad that we didn't hear it. Maybe because I think it's yeah. That's a cool line to leave out. Yeah. Got it. I, I just keep looking over. I've got IMDb, IMDb pulled up on my other screen. I just keep looking over this cast. It is truly a, a phenomenal it was a shockingly cast. shockingly stacked cast. Okay. Like, every single one of these guys, you're like, these, all of these guys can just, just seeing them, you're like, oh, they deliver great monologues. Yeah. And they just did. It's truly a good monologue cast. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things that I was reading. Um about the cast, which I'll start with this, these. There's a couple of cool things that I read about the movie slash play in general. Um, but Al Pacino was a big fan of, how do you say his name? Mamet? Yeah, David Mamet. Yeah, so he's a big fan of Mamet um, and everything that he did. 
Um, and he really wanted to star in the play of this, I, I think I read. But um, so when he got the opportunity to kind of play in the movie, um, and this movie was like, I think it said that the producer and director or whatever bought the rights for a million dollars in like 85. So this movie was like trying to be made for like six years, seven years. Um, but they were like kind of waiting on cast. They were like trying to get funding for it, which I read was really hard for them. Um, cause nobody like based on the script and the vulgar language and like the lack of, um, plot, <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. wanted to fund it. Um, and, and he like, so they really wanted Al Pacino and that was like the lock that they like had. And then Alec Baldwin really, really, really wanted Al Pacino's role as Roma. Um, and when they told him that they, that he was second in line for that role, he got really pissed and he basically like backed out. And then later when they started to like lock in all these other good kind of uh, roles for this movie, um, the director or whatever, someone, um, producer, director, really still wanted Alec Baldwin in it. And so he said, if I can get Mamet to write you a part for it, um, would you be in? And he was like, and he was like, yeah, I guess I, I he's like, this is one of the best scripts I've read in the last five to 10 years. Um, he's like, and I, I trust the writing. So yes. So Alec Baldwin's character was not, a character in the play interesting but was That's made super interesting yeah so i don't know what it, it did seem kind of forced like in the nature of the story yeah i guess like in the Having play Alec maybe Baldwin it's just drive down and give his whole monologue maybe it's in the play it's just kevin spacey that gives that kind of motivational talk and tells them about the glengarry's but i did read that yeah and um so that part was created specifically for baldwin um and it's kind yeah. of perfect because it was like his only the only scene he had i uh i so i i didn't look fully into it but i did a quick google and i'm pretty sure what i'm about to say is correct did you guys know that always be closing pretty much comes from this movie i figured i think i've seen um images from that chalkboard or whatever mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. of that yeah so i when i when he said it i was like mm-hmm. i don't know for sure but it, this seems like this could be the mm-hmm. first time it ever that, i was the same way because i'm like i mean Pretty much any everybody has heard that saying, especially if you've been in sales and done any type of sales thing, you've definitely heard that. Um, when it popped up, I was like, I got to Google this because it, it's got to be from this. What was the other one? Adiba? Are we- A-I-D-A. Ida? Um, <laughs> it was like something like uh, awareness, interest, something, action, desire, um, attention, interest, because he was like, now I have your attention. And then he's like, if you don't do this, you get fired. Now I have your interest. Attention, interest, decision, action. Decision, action. Yeah, I'd never heard Ida or whatever before. Mm-mm. No, that one did not catch on. Yeah. Um, the much 1993. Like the much like the what? Much like the dentist system. <laughs> oh, baby. For you always sunny Philly and Philly fans. Okay, I was like, I don't <laughs> know how what where where that was it's a good thing that one didn't catch on oh the dentist (laughs) system wait i can think of it oh fuck what the first one throwing me off right off the bat so i don't know if i'm gonna get it are you looking it up jacob i am not let me look up the dentist i don't i don't even know what you guys are saying i've never seen it's always i've seen one episode of it's always sunny well but you need to see you need to hear what the dentist uh, system is yeah (laughs) okay d demonstrate your value this is to get a girl. Yeah, demonstrate your this value. Is, he purely uses this to get a girl. But D is demonstrate your value. E is engage physically. <laughs> and the first N is nurturing dependence. <laughs> Nurture. 
<laughs> so you have to like nurture the dependence on them or on, on you. Their depends on you. And then the second N is neglect emotionally. <laughs> and then it gets even better. I inspire hope. <laughs> That's when he comes back. He's like, I love you. I was just scared, but I love you. <laughs> She's like, oh my God. And then S is separate entirely. Separate entirely. <laughs> It's the most fucked thing ever. Yeah, it's the funniest episode. That's it's, very funny. Whoever thought of that is fucked in the head. Yeah, the but, system. God. Anywho. Um, would you guys like to hear about the 1993 Oscars? Uh, sure. Real quick, before you do that, the last thing I was going to say about these actors is that they took a massive pay cut. They all took a massive pay cut to be in the film. Um, so when Pacino finally ended up doing that makes it, sense. his normal rate was about $6 million. And he only he only he took one point five million. Um, Damn. Lemon was paid one million. Baldwin received two hundred fifty thousand. Um, and there is oh, but there's also among other uh, actors that experienced interest, which is Robert De Niro, Bruce Willis, a couple other people. But anywho, it was a pretty well desired film. Mm-hmm. But I don't, and I also read that it didn't do very well at the box office. Um, yeah, the so. The first trivia thing here on IMDb says the single largest cost on the movie was for the rain effects through the first half of the film, which I found interesting. That's wild. That is <laughs> yeah. crazy. That I don't know how like true that lot. is. If if that because that would mean it would unless they're not counting actor salaries. Yeah, I hope um, not. The budget was twelve and a half million. Uh, worldwide gross was ten point seven million. That's surprising. Yeah, <sighs> kinda not really. I. This is just one of those movies that would never make that much in the box office ever. And it sucks because it's it I think it's a fantastic movie, but it it's just not a box office money maker. Um okay, so guess who won actor in a leading role? I don't know any of these movies. Al Pacino, but not for this, for Scent of a Woman. Oh. When was also, the, heat? the Heat was also this? nominated? Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin, Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven, Denzel Washington for Malcolm X, and Stephen Ray for The Crying Game. Don't know, but um, this movie, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross had one nomination. It was in the actor in a supporting role category. I will read off the people. Gene Hackman was also nominated for Unforgiven. Jay Davidson was nominated for The Crying Game. Jack Nicholson, A Few Good Men. Al Pacino, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, and David Pamer, Mr. Saturday Night. Who won? Wait, Al Pacino. Oh, was it, was right. did this not have a leading role? Not nominated. I don't know who it would have been anyway. If it wasn't Al Pacino, it, it probably would have been Jack Lemmon. Yeah, probably. I would have thought Kevin Spacey, but yeah, Jack. No, Lemmon, he wasn't. Sense. It was. Yeah. it would have been Jack Lemmon. Um, I don't know who I'd won say, that, but you said Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, and Gene Hackman. I'm going to say are the three names. Or I'll narrow yeah, it down. Jack to. Nicholson. A few good Gene, men. Well. I guess I'll go with Gene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. As the other one. Uh, it was a good movie. Yeah. I mean, let's see. Marissa Tomei for My Cousin Vinny was nominated for, or won for actress in a supporting role. Emma Thompson won Best Actress for Howard's End. Um, was there a single a river run- female in this what? movie? Uh, wow. I don't think there no. was. No, there was not. Whoa. That's, that's crazy. weird. That's really crazy. There's a lot of, wow, that's so weird. There's like, so many mentions to them, but. There's like, I mean, the what, like his, his secretary, he, like his fake secretary, um, Grace, that he always talks to. He's always like, Grace, what's that yeah. deal on that we're getting? Give on me this a house? first class ticket yeah, my passport. Grace, 10, blah, blah, blah. Cash. So like, 10, there is a cash. Grace mentioned, 
Um, his they uh, Jack Lemmon's daughter. That, yeah, his daughter. Um, they constantly always mentioned the wife that he was talking to, but you never see her, meet her. Um, they're in the bar, and they're always just—it's just always them in the bar. That's who weird. was the bartender? Was the bartender a guy? I doubt it. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, probably. That's what I was gonna say. I thought he was a girl, but um, I mean, at this point, that's better weird. than a guy. No girls in my movies. <laughs> that's so crazy. I mean, there weren't. They they pretty much were everybody that was in this whole film. Yeah, there's no real role like female roles per se. But yeah, well, but they just keep um, they always like hint at it and met like mention it. Um, yeah, it is you very just never interesting see that there wasn't a single woman in the movie. Maybe that's the way the that play is. is. Very interesting. Huh. Yeah, um, a river Weird. runs through it. One cinematography. Deserved. Um, Clint Eastwood won directing for Unforgiven. Um, There's actually a trivia question recently. And it was, what was the movie that he won it for? And I said, Unforgivables. Oh, no, Sage. This I is know. where I could have helped you. I think I accidentally blended Untouchables and Unforgivables. Oh, or unfor- the podcast oh, sorry, Unforgiven. I know. It was bad. I was embarrassed. Aladdin won original score and original song. Um, and Unfor- Unforgiven won Best Picture. This is- 1992 was a great year for movies. This is the... Uh, pronunciation pronunciation question I was going to ask you guys earlier. Last of the Mohicans was not was or one for sound. What a year 1992 was. Um, the play won a Pulitzer Prize, but how do you say that? Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Is that how you say it? I've heard many different ways. It's English, how, so it, you like can I've heard Pulitzer. A few different. I would say Pulitzer. it's not pronounced like Pulisic. It's not Pulitzer. Do you have like I've a, heard Pulitzer. Can you do you, you got like a audio pronunciation thing? You could pull up Pulitzer. Yeah. I like the slow. Pulitzer. <laughs> I like that it has the lips moving. Pulitzer. Like that does Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. That's most certainly what he said. <laughs> oh, funny, funny. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, I think if we did only movies from 1992 for this podcast, I think we would have reviewed a lot of really good movies. I, I, now, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm pretty sure 1992 is widely regarded as like the best year for movies ever. I was born then. Mm. You don't count. Less good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, nope. I'm still tired from my nap. But outside of that, nothing. <laughs> All right. From the aggregators, a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, an 82 out of 100 on Metacritic, and a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Who would like to go first? I'll go. I'm giving it an 80. Kind of great. Wow. I'm actually going to give it a 78. Whoa. And that's mostly based on I. it's going to be a while till I could watch this movie again. It was kind of... It, the t- the 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 needle for me moved down just because I was thinking about how much it annoyed me watching it and <laughs> how soon I would watch it again. It is a very like I can't imagine myself watching it from start to finish again. I mean, the only reason I could is because it was an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. Yeah, uh, but other than that, it's a lot of yelling. Yeah, those are shocking scores. Um, I because we never really argued about like quality of the movie during this podcast that's interesting and so i guess this is just a firmly a personal taste type of thing but i'm giving this a 91 
like I said at the beginning, this is right up my alley. Like this is my type of movie. So, and they executed it very well. I think it is a personal taste because it, it is, there was no real flaws with it. Like the writing was well done. Directing was well done. Acting was the best part. And it was interesting. It just, yeah, it is one of those movies that I will need like 10 years before I can watch it again. I would love to see the play. I have a feeling that like this as a play would be like I agree, five. Yeah. I, I would like to see play. all of these guys except for two act in this play. Yeah. I mean, this is that's the same awesome. way that I felt about like the father. Like I thought the father was a mm. really cool, really well done movie. But to see that in a play would probably be so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree to that. So, yeah, I mean, it was a really good movie at the end of the day. And I will recommend it to anybody. Um, but yeah, it was really solid. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is going to be an average score of 83. Sage, my friend, it is your next pick. This one has been sitting on the back burner for me for a while, but we went through a big action movie phase, so I couldn't pick it for a while. Uh, but it's North by Northwest. Oh, fuck yes. By Alfred Mr. Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh. I... Wow. Fucking love this movie, Sage. So in I've heard one of the reasons it's supposed to be really good is it's apparently the original action movie. A lot of people say that it was the first action movie and that the plot and theme and the style of an action movie basically derived from this. So like your Mission Impossible is all those uh James Bond kind of derived from it. Oh, you're telling me it's a 1959 James Bond by Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, I just got to disagree with that. That's fine. That's sure. what I've, that's what I've heard. That's... The I googled what was the first action movie, and the first result is The Great Train Robbery from 1903. <laughs> that does sound like a good action. That's that might I, like think my it, next pick. I think there was like it, the modern trope of it. It set the mold for modern action movies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I can get down with that. Um, I might have to one up Sage and my next pick be the first action movie. <laughs> Train robbery or whatever. Good luck finding that movie is probably movie. 13 <laughs> minutes long. Well, I bet you there's one that's even before that. <laughs> that's Good luck finding see. it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, so here's a synopsis for North by Northwest. A New York City advertising executive goes on the run after being mistaken for a government agent by a group of foreign spies and falls for a woman whose loyalties he begins to doubt. Like you said, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring Cary Grant, who I absolutely love. Eva Marie Saint, who you guys will soon fall in love with. Um, and that's James Mason. Um, that's a name. I, I recognize someone that's way far off. Martin Lando. What is he from? Oh, Martin Lando. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of do too. Um, what is he in that I saw recently? Oh, Entourage. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's a character in the show Entourage. Like a side character that nobody likes. <laughs> Say, did you that's, see his face? That's very funny. It's L A N D A U. Oh, okay. I definitely spelled that wrong. Martin L A N D A U. He's very funny in Entourage. Um, also, North by Northwest is streaming on HBO Max. Love it. God, I'm excited to watch this movie. Do you know... So you've seen it? Yes, I have. This was part of the AFI watch through a couple mm. years ago, um, which I still have not finished. I'm at like 86. I just need to bust those like 
I'm either at 86 or 84. I need to bust those 14 or 16 movies out. Yeah, Sage, he's the guy in Entourage. I think that's like, now have I got a deal for you? <laughs> or something like that. I don't remember that. What? It's been oh, a while since I've seen Entourage, though. Oh, he's Do you guys okay. know where this movie takes place? Or at least most of this movie takes place. Uh, you're probably looking at the poster right now. North Dakota? Or South Dakota? Wyoming? No, yes, South Dakota. South I Dakota. You said North Dakota. While I said North, and then I, I said North, and I immediately said South. <laughs> Bad luck. I know. I wasn't looking at the poster. I was okay. just looking at Jacob's reaction and figured <laughs> something to do with Wyoming. <laughs> no, it's I've South even Dakota. been there. It's. I like Mount Rushmore. Some people give it the National Lampoon's Vacation Grand Canyon effect, where they like walk up to it and they're like, "Yeah, that's that." But I mean, to carve those heads into. A mountain like that is just crazy. Well, we can talk about Mount Rushmore next week. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to get into contact with us, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can um, follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. Follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. Leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Spotify Wrapped is now out. If we somehow made your top podcasts, let us know because that'd be very cool. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review on any podcatcher that takes reviews and ratings. And if not, then do I have the deal for you? That's it. What's the deal? Yeah. (laughs) It's property in in Florida, and I'm only in town tonight. I don't know. I was just going to say I have a deal for you. I was being a salesman, but... I guess I it's got a it. property <laughs> in Florida. I, I think that was a very good one, but Sage's reaction made me also want to react that way and just leave the silence. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm leaving it at that. What? I'll, I'll, I was in the same area. I'll get you drunk and have you buy some worthless property in Florida. I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona for you. Oh, We've all ocean. got property for you, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. Where are all those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. Whatever happened to our love, I wish I understood. It used to be so nice, it used to be so good.